Well, thank you uh, again for joining us today, for those who came in after our greeting. Um, thanks for being here. Um, today, <clears throat> before we look into the Word of God, um, we're going to hear from a couple people. Actually, before we do that, um, I just want to encourage us. Can we give a round of applause to our praise team for leading us in worship today, um, leading us in songs of praise? You know, um, today is our first Sunday without um, uh, Pastor Albert, who is our, our music, our worship pastor. Um, he's up in Virginia uh, worshiping somewhere um, today. Um, this is a, um, it's a really important time for us to, to really learn to, to pray as a congregation, to pray for um, those who lead us in, in congregational worship, um, for us not to depend on any people or any ministries, but to really uh, depend on the name of the Lord God. And so I want to challenge <clears throat> each of us to, to really take ownership over this worship experience and worship times and, and to be praying for um, our praise team, praying for the preacher praying for um, our worship service on a regular basis and that we would um, collectively understand that we all bring something to the, to the worship table each time we do gather. So let's uh, embrace that and encourage again our praise team um, as we have a, we'll have a rotation of people leading us in, in songs of, of worship. So um, please do continue to support them to the best of, of your ability. Um, we're going to hear from a couple folks who've returned from our uh, mission trip to Ecuador. But um, today, before we hear from Keishla and, um, and Haley... Um, I want to introduce uh, some friends, uh, very dear friends to um, me as well as to all who've been to, to Ecuador. Um, we have today with us Pastor Henry uh, Burbano and his wife Olgita, Olga. Olgita means little Olga. Um, <laughs> she says she's little, right? Um, and her even littler, their littler son, Caleb, um, they're here. Pastor Henry is a pastor of um, the Santiago Church in, in Quito. He's also I'm the president of the Evangelical Covenant Church in Ecuador, which is one of the main denominations. So he oversees uh, countless churches throughout, this, um, throughout the, the country. And in his role, um, he's a visionary. And so much of what we do in Ecuador has been made possible by his visionary leadership and by his willingness to go into places where the gospel has not yet reached. Before, um, before he became the president of this denomination, um, those areas that we go were, um, were relatively untapped and not many people had gone down there. Um, but through his leadership and through his vision, uh, more and more of the church in Ecuador is being awakened to the reality of what God is doing there and is investing and fueling the mission efforts there. So I'm just going to invite them to, to stand and wave so that we can give them a big round of applause and to express our thanks uh, to them. Yeah. And they have a little baby. He's sleeping. Where is he sleeping? He's in the back. Oh, and with the other babies. Yeah, Nathan is beautiful. Um, if you see him, you'll recognize him. Um, really big eyes and very excited. Um, just loves life. Um, so uh, if you get a chance, um, talk to him. Well, play with him. Um, I'm going to invite first Keishla and then Haley to share um, the work that the Lord has done um, in and through them. So let's give uh, Keishla a round of applause. She comes to share with you. Hi, my name is Keisha Andujar, and as I went to Ecuador, I had the mentality that I would be serving God. Um, I knew I would be translating, and Spanish is the only thing I could bring to the table. I am not athletic, so Taekwondo would not, so Taekwondo was, not, was out of the question. 
Um, I had no musical ability, nor I can prescribe eyeglasses, let alone pull out teeth. So Spanish was the only way I could, um, the only way I thought I, would, I could be of help. But um, when the time came, I started to doubt myself. I knew how to speak and communicate, but somehow I felt I wasn't good enough. Compared to others like my sister, I fell short. I tried my hardest, relying on my own abilities. I ended up missing the whole picture. I was doing what I was told not to do. I put myself before God, thinking that I could manage without God's help. But God is so much greater than I am. He took me and he humbled me and patiently molded me. Through his word, I felt God speaking to me. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you to go and bear fruits, John 15, 16. In all honesty, I must say that God did more work in me than through me. God opened my eyes and my heart. I started to love the things God loves about Ecuador and his people. The most memorable event for me was in Lumbaki with one of Oaks and Monica's patients. A girl had recently became the first believer out of the whole family. She had a younger sister who had two abortions. Her third baby had just recently died as well. After that, um, her sister ran away with a man. As this patient was sharing her testimony, her sufferings and her pain fell close to my heart. While we, pray, while we prayed for her and her family, I felt how much God loved her. I was humbled by God's love for her. It's, it's the kind of love that no man in this earth could provide. I was also blessed beyond words by my team. Every member made this mission trip one, of, one that I will forever remember. I saw God in every one of my teammates, giving their all for the glory of God. I was very convicted by this mission trip, and I cannot wait until next year to go back. I can't wait to meet that one girl from Lumbaki and see how God's um, works, what the work of God has been doing in her. Thank you to my team for being such a great, encouraging, encouraging, and thank you for Harvest for supporting and for your prayers. Thank you. <laughs> second trip to Ecuador, and as many of you heard in my testimony last year, I learned a lot about God's love through my barrenness, the sufficiency of his grace through my miscarriage, and his faithfulness in my time of waiting. Um, since then, God has moved mountains in my heart as Christ and I felt, as Chris and I felt the call to adopt. For me, adoption always seemed like a noble cause for someone else or maybe one day after, quote, we have our own kids. But more and more, God kept tugging at my heart. He placed specific people and events in my life that questioned and challenged my heart. I, too, am the recipient of adoptive love. 
First, as I am adopted by God through Jesus Christ. And second, by my stepfather who loved me and raised me as his own and even walked me down the aisle on my wedding day. Having experienced the, um, having experienced the healing power of such love on both accounts, how could I doubt the bond of such love? As I felt the conviction and weight of God's calling for me to adopt, I had to repent and began to recognize his calling as my response to the Great Commission. However, months have passed since the decision was made and the adoption process started. And as I got buried in a pile of paperwork after paperwork without much progress, while my friends started popping out baby number two and three, I felt a sense of self-pity and hopelessness creeping back and disrupting my drive. Um, sorry. Despite my laziness and spiritual preparation, I looked forward to the second Ecuador trip, hoping that once all the distractions were stripped away, I would be able to see God clearly once again. However, Satan was also hard at work. Our first half of the trip in the Amazon was filled with morning worship, all day busy dental work, um, sorry, all day busy dental work ending with great food and worship. We were armed with the same dental team from last year, which made the workflow much more efficient and gave us the opportunity to pray for each patient. We saw even the strongest and hardest of men weep when we laid our hands on them and prayed. Um, even though they didn't understand what we were saying. We saw crowds of people stand up and pray the sinner's prayer and accept Jesus. And once again, Tico's parents' testimony in words as well as in actions. And Mrs. Kim's proclamation of, it is well with my soul, brought me to tears. Even so, I found myself conflicted in emotion and frustrated at my lack of understanding. I couldn't fully connect to the people or to God. Once we left Lumbaki, we stopped for Sunday worship at Santa Rosa, and once the praise began, again in Spanish, I began to pray, desperate for God to break down the language barriers as he did in Acts chapter 2, and as I did, I heard the next song, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory, Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Tears welled up in my eyes. This song was followed by a few others I had learned in youth group over a decade ago, then a powerful sermon by Pal, and I was renewed. I knew that God was working in, the, in this place and in my heart, but I would need to submit to him first and foremost. Even more amazing was the way God moved in my heart and what I had dreaded the most the second half of the trip where we would have to stay in host families and where I strongly felt I had nothing to contribute. In our first full day in Quito, we were, uh, we were originally scheduled to visit an orphanage and as Keishla so eloquently explained, an orphanage is where children without parents live. As we got the itinerary, I couldn't stop the tears from flowing as I felt the sadness and anger well up in my heart at the thought of abandoned children unable to experience the love and comfort of their parents' embrace. And at one point I thought, maybe my baby is there. Um, 
we didn't make it to the orphanage that day, but I believe God purposely resurfaced those feelings from inside of me, leading into our house church meeting. There we were welcomed as family, and as one brother read Romans 1, 8 through 12, each member went around pouring encouragement and blessing into Chris and myself. We shared our we shared our prayer requests for building a family, and in turn, one couple shared with us that in their 24 years of marriage, God had also closed the woman's room as well as all the doors to adoption. Despite the heartaches they experienced, they proudly shared that they were the parents and grandparents of many spiritual children, some of whom were sitting around us in that moment, and that was it. The moment my heart connected with God and with the millions of Ecuadorians, I did not know but we're there to serve. As my heart broke for the children in the orphanage, so it did as I realized that all around me were orphans who have never experienced the warm embrace of our Father's love and grace. Okay. I can't tell you all to go out and adopt a baby, but I want to encourage all of you, no matter your age or social economic standing, Father, spiritual children, and reunite them with your with our Heavenly Father. Because every little boy and girl should know, I have a Father. He calls me His own. He'll never leave me, no matter where I go. He knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls. And He hears me when I call. Thank you.